Good morning, everyone. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Yud Gimel in Maseches Rosh Hashanah. We'll start eight lines from the bottom of Yud Beis Amid Beis, where we were talking about my Mishatismach. We talked about, right, we had a Brisa, a Tanar Rabbanon, and we talked about how the Rosh Hashanah turns over, right, Mishatismach, and we said that there were different types of things. There was the fruit, when is Meiser counted? When they actually bloom. The grains are a shlish, we said, and veggies are from the, the Zman of Lakita. And we said that is when it's considered to be the cutoff point, literally and figuratively, of when you are going to be considered to be which year of Meiser. Okay, now, now, when, when regard to the Mishnah, okay, the Mishnah in Maestros, where it says, Hatiltan Mishatitzmach, um, we wanted to know what does that actually mean? Because does that mean Chanata? Or does that mean Lakita? Mishatitzmach is not one of the actual words that we use, right? One the, it's not really Chanata necessarily. So what does it mean? Okay. So the Gemara first says, Mishatitzmach Lizraim. When the seeds sprout, that's what it means. In other words, that's not chanata. Chanata means when it first blooms. But, but the Gemara says it means that the seeds are sprouting. So the Gemara says, Now, further on, analyzing the Mishnah in Maisros, the cutoff or the grain and the olives is when they grow a third of their maturity. So to that, the Gemara asks, Where do we learn that? We have a Pasuk. Some say in the name of Yosef Lili, Amar Kra, for the Pasuk by Hakel. It says by Hakel that he's supposed to do the mitzvah of Hakel when, Andrew? Around Sukkot time. It says, Mikates Sheva Shanim. It's the Sukkot after Shemitah. Okay, so not really Dafyomi coincidence. Is it, but it sounds like you have, for example, not this Sukkot, but it is a Dafyomi coincidence. Because we're already booking for next Sukkot. Because this Sukkot was so good. Anyway. You're taking the whole year next year? You're right? You're taking the whole year next yeah, year? Yeah, next year we should all go. It would really be fun. Andrew. <laughs> Apartments of Distinction. Rentals, Bookman. Okay. So that's like the push shot of that Pasuk. Right? That it means that Hakel is going to, the king's going to read the Torah. They're going to assemble the people. And it's going to be the Sukkot right after Motzei Shavu, um, Shemitah, as you, as might, we might call it, okay. Shnat hashmita my avidte b'chaga sukkas. Wait a minute. Once it's sukkas, then it's no longer the shemitah year, says the Gemara. That's what this question means. How do you call it shemitah year uh, still if it's already sukkas? As we know, the shemitah turns over on Rosh Hashanah, right? As the Gemara says, shminisi. By then, it's already the eighth year. Wow. The exposition of the Gemara is that, that it's teaching you that there is an element of the Shemitah year in the eighth year as well. What is that element? That if the produce had grown at least a shlish, I guess a third, at least a third during the previous year, meaning prior to Rosh Hashanah, then that is considered to be the produce of the previous year. Unless, uh, let's say, by Sukkot it was halfway grown. But by the fact that it was third of the way grown by Rosh Hashanah means that it's actually Shemitah produce. Okay, 
So that is the that is the scriptural source. So the Gemara says, though, however, Amr le Rabbi Zeir le Rabbi Asi, because some say this was in the name of Rabbi Asi. Amr le Rabbi Zeir le Rabbi Asi. As we arrive in Gimel and Aleph, the Dimelo Ayel Klal. Okay, but maybe how do you know? Right, the pasuk doesn't say anything about Shlish. All the pasuk says is that there's an element of the Shemitah year, right, in the eighth year. Right, and so we said it had. If it grew a third, so it belongs to the to the previous year, up to a third. But maybe, where do they come from? Up with a third from that? That seems to not be alluded to in the pasuk at all. Maybe what it's saying, right? Says Rebbeira, is that it's saying anything that didn't ripen at all before Rosh Hashanah is considered for the previous year. And basically, the pasuk could be saying a similar. Thing which is that Shemitah extends all the way until Sukkot. That's all. In other words, what is the element of the Shemitah year that's extending to Sukkot? Shemitah itself, right? We're saying the element is those produce which already grew a Shlish prior to. You could say a more general thing, which in fact, to support Reb would probably be um, more supported by the Pasuk, it, the Pasuk doesn't say anything about a shlish, doesn't say anything about any produce, doesn't say anything about agriculture. All it says, there's element where Chag HaSukkot is still called Chag HaShemitah, even in the eighth year when you do the Mitzvah of HaKel. Well, that just means Tosefes Shemitah, which is a topic we've already discussed. In fact, this drove Yitz Topper crazy. He says, this is, isn't this Tosefes Shemitah? So I said to Yitz, you're, 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 um, you're seeing things. You're, at, you're, you're, you're not really understanding this well. And only subsequent to that, I haven't had a chance to tell him yet, I saw that the last toast was on Yud Beis Amid Beis is astounded by the same question. It says, Minuk Shriyas Seems like he's either... Yeah, he's teaching. He's cheating. He's either cheating or yeah. he's just very lucky and like, has Rabbeinu Tam on the brain. Right, he's either a descendant of Rabbeinu Tam and vibing with the same vibes, or he is cheating. You see, that's the last house on your base and base. Tema, Delayal Nafkalon, Ibukharshivakatsir, Tishbos Katsir Shal Shvias, Ayotzal Motzir Shvias. In other words, we brought right, Rayas to the idea of Tosefes Shvias, right? And we brought it from a different Pasuk, not even this Pasuk. Oh. So the truth of the matter is, the Tosfos gives two answers, and one of the answers was the answer that I told him. So I was very excited afterwards. But I haven't told him any of this yet. It basically, the bottom line is, it could be talking about two different things, right? In other words, Tosefes Shvius is a concept, that's true, to add on to Shemitah. But to say that that applies to the Meiser cycle, it could be, this, that's the second answer of Tosefus, so I'll go with that, because that's the one that occurred to me. No, um, you know, not that it's about me, but you know what I mean, Benjamin. The second answer is simply like this. It would be like saying... Um, Right, I understand when we have Tosefes, Tosefes Shabbos, we treat it entirely like Shabbos, right? But are, are you going to say that it's Motzei Shabbos, or are you going to say that it's Shabbos in, in, with respect to uh, other things? Like if you told somebody to come on Motzei Shabbos, uh, I'm explaining it terribly. My point is, Meiser doesn't have to necessarily correlate to when Shemitah is. In other words, if you add Tosefet Shemitah, that doesn't necessarily change the cutoff point for everything, like for when the Meiser would turn on, when the Meiser would turn over, right? So the, the turnover of the cutoff of when the Meisers could be could still be Rosh Hashanah, even if you're adding on Chumras of Shemitah 
for the sake of Kedusha Shvius and these other things, all the way to Sukkot. Does that make sense? That's, what? It's just like random time afterwards, but the turnover happens. Yeah, in other words, you're, you're adding the Chumras of Shemitah, so you're not going to work the land. That's what the, the, the actual Lushan here is going to be, Lacharisha, right? That, that was the Lushan in the Tosmos. Um, so in other words, you're going to be Machmir, you're not going to do the Harisha, you're not going to work the land, and you're going to, let's say, be Noeg, some of the, um, some of the Chumras of treating it like Kedusha Shrias. Okay, so you're not going to work the land, but that doesn't mean that all of a sudden Tvua that comes in after Rosh Hashanah is going to go to the, right, is, 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 is not going to go to the Meiser, like Rishon or whatever. You know, we're not going to go to the Meiser Shani. You know what I mean? Um, those could be two separate things. That's the answer of Tosfos. But anyway, Yitz, not a bad question after all. All right. I didn't, never thought it was a bad question. I didn't realize how good it was. Tosfos says Tema. Tosfos says Tema. It's really perplexed. Okay. All right. So now that is... The first one. Now, that's the first answer, that this is where Amalai Rebzeir Ravasi, right, maybe it, that your, your Pasuk for, of, of the Hakel is not really teaching me anything about the Shlish. So to, to that, Ravasi offers another possible Pasuk. He says, Losak Adaitach, maybe you could say this. You shouldn't really say this, but here's another possibility. Okay, so over there, it's calls Sukkis, as we famously know, Chag HaSif. Okay, my asif. Why, why is Sukkot called Chag Asif? Um, so what we always thought that it comes in when you do what? Asifa means to gather in. So what do you gather in? So everybody assumes that means you're gathering in your ha- your harvest. So if is that that's what you thought? Haksiv beaspecha. Well, it already says beaspecha. Where does it say that? Well, you got to look at the pasuk. Binyamin can lay in it. I'll say it without the trump. It says v'chaga katzir bikur ba'asecha asher tizra ba'sadeh. This is in Sefer Shmos. Vechag ha'asif b'tseis hashana be'aspecha et ma'asecha min ha'sadeh. Okay. So chag ha'asif b'tseis hashana be'aspecha et ma'asecha. So it sounds like, by the way, by the way, tseis hashana, in other words, we're talking about the agricultural year cycle, annual cycle, right? So the chag ha'asif comes when you are actually gathering in all the fruits of your labor, but it already says chag ha'asif, and then it says, when you are gathering everything from the, from the field. So we already know that it's when you're gathering everything from this field. So this Chag HaAsif must be alluding to something additional because we already know that that's what you're gathering. So what are you learning? Elamai HaAsif, what are you learning, says the Gemara? Katsir. It means that you're harvesting. Now, we already said Katsir, but that's with regards to something else, to, to the other holiday. Anyway, so what's the HaAsif? It means harvesting. It teaches you like this, an additional thing, that whatever is already ripe to be harvested should be considered what? The previous year. In other words, katsir and asif are two different things. Katsir means that you're only taking that which is ready. So that is the illusion, that you're taking that which is ripe and ready. Because that's what you do, right, when you're actually harvesting. Okay, so then that which is ready, that's what you're taking. And therefore, that which is not ready is by... Uh, by association or by contrast, uh, going to be relative to the previous year. Uh-huh. And therefore, the Rabbanon are going to say that everything that was Niktsara, which means fully matured to be part of the, of the harvest, and the Rabbanon determined the following. They made a biological calculation that anything that's ripe, when it comes, by the time Sukkot comes, was already a third 
right, ripe by the time Rosh Hashanah came. And after all, when you look at the Pasuk, it says, means that you actually um, tie it back to the previous year, right? So now you have this idea that if you put the whole Pasuk together and one of it is referring to fully mature and the other one is, is referring to it ties it back to the previous year and then he adds in a Durabanan over here that says that the whole connection between all of them is a biological scientific connection. That if it's fully mature by Sukkot, it means that it was a third mature by Rosh Hashanah, and that is the source for all of this. Oh, beautiful. So this is where it gets fun. This is where the whole issue gets really fun. First of all, I would have said, really, Rabbanon, they were able to so, the, so, so they were able to determine that that's true for every kind of thing. So maybe only fenugreek. I mean, but look at what Rabbi Yirmiyah says. Amalei Rabbi Yirmiyah Rabzera, v'kim lula rabbanan bein shlish lefachos mishlish. It's a question, as Rashi says, v'kim lula rabbanan bitmia, v'kim lula rabbanan bein shlish lefachos mishlish. Can the rabbis really be mitzamtim? Can the rabbis really be so scientifically precise that they can tell? or know that it's a shlish, like we have the rices at stake here. We're gonna associate this with one miser or another based on whether it's a third or three-fifths, right? Or, right, this is a very uh, meduyak thing. Can the rabbis, do they have that kind of precision? Asked Rabbi Yirmiya. I can't help but give this away. In Periklo Yachbar, in Baba Basra, uh, Rabbi Yirmiya asked a similar question. And he was viewed as a nudnik, uh, Andrew. He was kicked out of the base medrash. Well, maybe you right. did a good job planning right. stuff, but the rest of us have to. <laughs> <laughs> they had over there, uh, I don't want to get too much into Rov Karov because it's a, it's a, it's a time. It's one of my favorite sugyas. We've already talked about Rov Karov. <clears throat> but they had over there by Rov Karov the question of the gozlos, what happens if a pigeon or you know, a bird is found between two two things, and it's, there's like one of the shovachs has a million birds and the other one has five birds, but the bird is found closer to the one with the five birds. So there, the rove would indicate that it's coming from the, that it belongs to the guy who has the million birds. But carve would indicate it belongs to the guy who has the, the closer shovach. That's rove versus carve. Anyway, they said that that's only if they're not flying birds. They said, how do you determine a flying versus not flying bird, a young bird? And they said 50, uh, I think it was Amos. There's a certain boundary that's a threshold for which the animal um, is considered to be mobile. So Rebirmia, the same Rebirmia in the base medrash said, 50 amos, what if it's 15 and a half? And they tossed him. They tossed him out of the base medrash. So here, you see he's consistent with himself. Can we be mitzamtzim? Later, by the way, he was reinstated because they asked him to Shaila while he was like out in his gullus. And he said, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. And like, ah, so now we see you have more hachnar to chachamim, you can come back. Okay, so a little fascinating personality insight here. So, what's the question here? Can the Rabbanon be medactic in science? So Rav Zera <coughs> is about to hit him over the head. Amalei, lav aminalach, lo topic nafshach levar me'ilchasa. Have I not told you and taught you already not to take yourself outside of the framework of halacha, right? Every time he asks, oh, but really? Like, do we really care about this? Like, does it really matter? Like, does Manet Fila really, 
You think when I get to Shemayim, Hashem's going to really care? So Reb Zera has to sit and put him down and um, give him musar over this. Yes, the details matter. As Andrew always tells me, the, de- the devil's in the details. It's a different way of saying it. Anyway, it says, call me those chachamim kenhu. In other words, there's such a thing as shurim. There's such a thing as midos. All of that is, 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 is in fact, precise, right? That's, that's very important. Um, as a matter of fact, this is where Rabari Libritz, a great Tafiyomi master, is always quoting the Maritzchias, where we see this idea of the Midos. Remember, we talked about this in Yuma, that all the Midos were Doraisa, right? It says that all the Midos are Midorabanan or Midoraisa. Which one is it? So we said, Allah Moshe Misinai, we had the Midos. So the, the way that that is reconciled by the Maritzchias is by saying that the measurements, uh, meaning like, if you're going to use the metric system, or if you're going to use right the inches and feet, which is arbitrary and weird, or if you're going to use lug, kazayis, kibetza, so that system of measurements is assigned minatara. That's halacha l'mashim Sinai. However, the application of those measurements to various things was given over to the rabbanon to do. So that's why sometimes it says it's called minatara, but there, but there are certain aspects of the rabbanon where they had control. Be that as it may. When once the Rabbana decided, so then it is very precise indeed, as the Gemara continues to illustrate as follows. Barbarim sahu tovel, right? Let's take mikvah as an example. So you're tovel and 40 saw in a mikvah. Barbarim saw chaser kortov eno yachol litwal behem, right? Take that same mikvah, take away a kortov, a kortov which is one 1,536 of a saw, right? Because it is a 64th of... Um, uh, a saw is a 64th of a lug, and a kortov is the 24th of a saw. Take that little bit away, boom. You can no longer consider it, right, as if you immersed in a mikvah at all. That's important. Chazal were very precise with that. How about kibetza? Kibetza mitamitumatzochlin. Okay, so as we've already discussed, something has to be, in order to transmit tumasochlin, it has to be an amount of food of a kibetza. How about kibetza chaser shumshum? What if you remove one sesame seed worth of that shear? Yep. It's not going to be ochlen. So you can have two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, par of cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun, minus one sesame. It's no longer going to be metametumas ochlen. How about this example? We've seen all these examples already, Baruch Hashem. When you have a cloth, in order to be metametumas medris, it has to be three by three tfachim. Shlosha shlosha chaser nima, take away literally a thread. So this is part of the shmuser shmuz that Rev Zera right gave to Rav Yirmiya, uh when he brought up this idea. He explained to him, "Yes, we're very specific. We're very precise. That's how Chazal work. So therefore, a shlish is a shlish. So sixty lines down, and you give him a bit Rav Yirmiya tries to backtrack." This is early in his career, we'll say, where he's trying to say, of course, of course, uh, I, I knew that that's what you meant. And he brings a genius raya. Revering me, was no dummy. He brings a genius raya uh, from a different source, a fascinating source, to show that, in fact, he knows a chazal or medaktik. Based on what? Klal Yisrael, when they entered Eretz Yisrael, he brings a raya specifically with regards to the shlish, as follows. Listen to this vart that he, that he, that he throws down. I'll give it away. He throws down the vart. It sounds like pure genius, like pill pull. And uh, they say, yeah, no, that's not a good vart. 
but be that as it may, it's a really cool attempt. Check this out. Hadar Amr Rabbi Love, Amr. Yes, yes. What I said before is nothing. Forget what I said. Right? That was not a thing. Love, Milsahi, Literally, the Amri. Uh, and I will even support myself by citing a different uh, a different Torah as follows. The Ba'aminei Chavrayim of Kahana, because I know this following Dvar Torah. There was the Chavra of Rav Kahana sitting with the Rav Kahana, and they discussed the following idea. They asked him, Ah, this is Klal Yisrael when they entered Eretz Yisrael. Anybody know the date that Klal Yisrael entered Eretz Yisrael from the Midbar? Uh, Binyamin's trying to work it out. Um, so there's two ways you can figure it out. Either from the Chumash, where it says 30 days, that they, after Moshe Rabbeinu died, mind you, he died right before they entered, right? But they waited 30 days of Avelus, Shloshim, and then it said, "Be'ot shloshayamim." We're going to go in. We're going to go in in another three days. Right. So it's three days. It's thirty-three days after Zion Adar. So it's not an ER. It's thirty-three days after Zion Adar, which means that it is in tenth of Nisan. Okay, that becomes significant. Or you could look in Navi in Sefer Yeshua, where it says "Beferish tenth of Nisan." Okay, so it goes like this. So he says like this. Okay, so becomes fascinating. We know that on the second day of Pesach, right, uh, you bring the carbon oimer, and that at, uh, it's until you bring the carbon oimer, you cannot eat, right, chadash. You can't eat new tevua until you bring the carbon oimer. Now, it becomes significant that there's only a five day window here uh, to to get all the tevua going and to bring the carbon oimer. So this is where it gets. Really fascinating. That ends up being similar to Israel. So let's take it slow here. Where did they bring the barley for the carbon oimer? They had just arrived in Eretz Yisrael. <coughs> did they bring the carbon oimer at all? The Gemara asks. But um, that becomes the question. By the way, did they need to bring the carbon omer in order to eat? Like, were they starving? How long did the man last? Mechilta, three or machlokas. What do you say? So some say until they got up until Ketzer Aretz. Some say they had it in their vats and it lasted 30 days. Some say it lasted 14 years into Eretz Yisrael. Not that it lasted, that it fell for 14 years. We don't pass it like that, but why 14 years? Seven years for Kivush Aretz, seven years for Chiluk Aretz. In other words, so long as they were busy with it, with, the, with conquering the land, they were allowed to eat uh, all the Goyim stuff, the even non-kosher, like they were busy. They was like, it's part of like Melchama rules, right? They were allowed to do that. And also, according to Subshita's Mun was still falling. They, they, they didn't need to uh, get into agriculture quite yet. It's like when you, when you graduate yeshiva, but your father-in-law is still supporting you, uh, even though you're having kids, right? Like until you kind of like work it out. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I think, yeah, you got a credit card. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible analogy. I know, Andrew. Stop, stop staring at me like that. Jeez. He's very ornery today because uh, he's still getting over his cold. Okay, Andrew, you ready? Mehechan hikrivu. So where did they bring that barley? If you say, okay, it grew in the hands of the nachri. In other words, right? They came and it was all nachrim. So that would not be acceptable because the Torah says you have to bring omer from your own harvest. Well, they didn't have a lot of time to harvest this omer. So how did they bring the carbon omer? Okay, so you're not bringing... Omer from theirs, so that's knocked out. It's got to be yours. You got to have enough time to have your own harvest. So the Gemara asked, "Wait a minute, So maybe Maybe that first year they didn't bring a carbon omer. That would make sense because who has time to harvest when you're just got there? Especially if you hold that they didn't have to do for another 
Right. And I, no, so again, they weren't necessarily being makriv because they were starving. They could have been makriv because that's the halacha, to be makriv the korban omer, or because they wanted fresh bread instead of man. But that, that, that's a, but the point is that the stands. Did they, it's a question, it's an open question in the Gemara. Was there akravis omer in that first year? So says the Gemara, don't think that there wasn't. Because the Pasuk itself says, It says that they ate from the produce of the land. In other words, part of the entrance into the land. This is not in the Chumash. This is in Yeshua already. In Sefer Yeshua, in the fifth parak, it says, they got into the land and they started eating from the land. And when it says that they started eating from the land, it spells out, that they started eating the day after Pesach. Why would they point out Macharat Pesach? If not for the fact that they brought Korban Omer, right? Says the Pesach Achul, right? Implying that the day after Pesach they start eating, but before that they didn't eat from the land. That it, it, it is implying the only reason the Pasuk would mention Macharasa Pesach is to teach you, right? Macharasa Pesach, to teach you that they waited until the, they brought the Korban Omer in order to eat the produce of the land. So we see that they did bring a Korban Omer that first year. The question is, if they brought a Korban Omer that first year and they brought their own, how could they have done so? Remember, this is still all the Vardar of Yirmiya trying to cover himself for having said, who cares about the Shlish? How do they even know that? So let's keep going. Amar Okay. So Rav Kahana, remember, Rav Yirmiya is telling a story of Rav Kahana and his Chevra. So Rav Kahana answered them, Kol Shlohevi Shlish Biyad Nachri said they could use whatever didn't grow a shlish while it was in the possession of the nachri. Again, in other words, that means they entered Eretz Yisrael and all of that which was really immature when they entered the land, by the time they entered the land, boom, it's no longer beyond nachri, right? So on the 10th of Nisan, all the land, as promised to the Jews, becomes the Jews. Rabbi Elibritz brings out, ah, Bishvil Reishis Bar Oilam, really it always belonged to the Jews, I, like, you can't, like, can you say that just because the Nachrim were there that it belonged to them? Okay, you can get into that. Uh, it, it's Shemitah year, so you can go wild with your uh, ha- implications of whether the land can be, belong to the Gaim altogether. Okay, but be that as it may, our, uh, this, this, uh, the, the um, assumption here in the Gemara is that it belonged to the Gaim, and then on, on the 10th of Nisan, boom, as, uh, upon the entrance into Eretz Israel, it became Israeli, right, produce. It became... Kali Israel's produce, and at that point, if it grew past the shlish under their watch, so that was the new crop, and that it was for that crop that they were going to be bringing the carbon omen. All right. <clears throat> so he says like this. So Yirmiya says, "Ooh, But wait a minute. But how could they? If you're going to tell me that it grew a shlish, and if you're going to ask, consult with the Previously dumb me, says Rabbi Yirmiya, who said that they couldn't tell the difference between a shlish and not a shlish, this answer of Kahana wouldn't make sense. Right? The only way Rav Kahana makes sense with this shlish vart is if, in fact, the Chachamim of Kaisel had this ability to discern with precision when a shlish is, right? Ela kim lehu. Rather, it must be that they can determine what a shlish is. Achanami kim lehu. So here, too, if they can have determined it when they entered Eretz Israel, then here, too, they can determine it. Whenever we need to make a de- determination on the fenugreek, right, as to what the third is, right, in order to determine when it, uh, when it applied to Miser. The Gemara asks, Wait a minute. How do you know that 
it was a shlish. In other words, yes, I understand. If it was just short of a shlish, then it really requires precision. But it could be that what the vart is that Rav Kahana was saying was that they saw super, super immature plants that was not even close to shlish. It was like barely out of the ground at all. And then by the time it got to the carbonomer, it was fully grown, and that that's the tour that's in place. That's where the dates become important, because that's that the Gemara answers, right? So he says, right, the Dilma the Isle River. But let's say it ripened to a quarter maturity. In other words, the question that the Gemara asks is maybe if they had to determine between a quarter and a third, they wouldn't have that kind of precision. But here you're talking about something that was barely sprouted at all. And that anyone can be able to tell? The Gemara says, no. And this is where it's get the the Pasuk gets important, the timing. That's a, often a Pasuk in Yeshua to say that they entered Eretz Yisrael on the 10th of Nisan. Says the Gemara. And if you're going to say that, they, that the plants in question were not at all ripe, they hadn't even ripe at all, and therefore that's why Chazal and the Chachmei Yisrael were able to tell that there was not a Shlish yet. Right? What are you going to say? That they came and there was no ripening, they were not ripe at all on the 10th of Nisan, and by the time of the Korban Omer, five days later, Bechamisha, Yome, five days later, it's fully ripened? That's not biologically possible. Therefore, it can only be that they went from being just less than a third ripe to being a third ripe. The Gemara says, not necessarily, LMI. The Ayel, Riva, or Danka. What would you say? That it ripened a quarter or a sixth? That Danka? Akati Bechamisha, Yome, Mikamalia. Even to go from a sixth or a quarter, five days is not enough. So the whole thing of them bringing a carbon omer and that be considered right Jewish produce, so to speak, only works if you take into account the special, magical, miraculous growth properties of Eretz Yisrael. As the Pasuk says, Eretz Tzvi Ksivba, that the, the, the uh, Eretz Yisrael is considered Eretz Tzvi in a lot of ways. One of the ways, Rashi explains, just like a tzvi runs and he's the lightest of the animals to run, so too, right, in Eretz Yisrael, as we see in Mesechus Ksuvas, that is one of the things, Eretz Yisrael, as Rabbi Leibowitz, the great Tafiyomi master, points out, there are other aspects of Eretz Yisrael, just like the skin of a tzvi, you know, you think it's not going to be big enough to accommodate everyone, like like Andrew's Lululemons, that was mean. Uh, but and yet, when he puts it on, it fits great, right? So that is the um, that is the point <coughs> over here. That's one. But the other point is that you can grow there, right? Just like all the flip. Ask all uh, Benjamin. You flipped out. Oh no, you went to uh, um, Minnesota. Um, not Minnesota, Milwaukee. Yeah, but but you know what I mean. Uh, like 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 Ori Topper flipped out in Aristotle. That's a good example. <laughs> That's a un. Unexpected uh, shout out. So, so you see, the growth, right? We're talking about the miraculous quick growth of Eretz Tzvi. So that is applied to the fruit. The fruit grew miraculously like that in Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, that is the reason why they could go from zero to 60, so to speak, right? Even within five days. So that's what we're talking about, what happened with the full-blown maturity in the five days. What ends up happening, therefore, right, is that Rabbi Yirmiyah's vart, based on Rav Kahana, fell apart, right? In other words, Rav Kahana was explaining 
this whole thing of how the, the, the Omer, the Korban Omer was brought on that first year in Eretz Yisrael, but it really was more a function of the magical growth properties of Israel as opposed to the ability of Chazal to determine a very, very precise amount of growth between a shlish and not a shlish. So it was a aborted attempt here by Rav to cover himself for saying that Chazal has this amazing ability to discern. As it turns out, they didn't need that amazing ability in that first year in Eretz Yisrael because the produce was growing so fast, it could have gone from zero to 60. That's the point. So, why wouldn't do that every other year? So, right. So why wouldn't I do that every year in Israel? <laughs> Right, exactly. Right, right, right. That's it. Binyamin asks a good question. It's like, well, if that's the case, then you could do it every year, and then you never need to know the shlish. But, but again, it, that's not to say that they're not watching which, which produce is less and more than a shlish. They're also doing that. This, this is just to, to, to explain how there could even be such a thing when there's nothing, right, when you go into the land, and then, and then five days later, it, they bring the carbon armor. Excellent point. Okay, so seven lines up on the bottom, and you give them it off like this. All right, so that pasuk, all right? So matkif la rev chanina, with regards to rev asi's pasuk, it says, mimatsis amras hai asif katsir. This whole idea of asif meaning katsir, right, because the extra asif means harvest, and harvest means that it's fully ripened. That whole thing he rejects. Why? Because as we know famously, that we know that sukkah is what is is what you make the sukkah out of that which you gather from the threshing floor, etc. The Amar Mar, and that's the we already learned Masecha Sukkah Baruch Hashem. We said what the Psalos Garden Viyekev Akasim Medaber that this is talking about gathering resources. In other words, isn't talking about produce. It's not talking about katsir. It's talking about the sukkah materials. You're gathering sukkah materials. That's what the extra asif is. So it has nothing to do with our topic, says Reb Chanina. Ooh, okay. So, and Rabbi Zera is going to back him up. Rabbi Zera is alert in the base of this day. I'm Rabbi Zera. Yeah, that was already in our hands, that resolution. But also Rabbi Chanina, Shadabe Narga. He says, Rabbi Zera says, I was in the base of We had that whole Pasuk worked out. We said Asif was Katsir. We had the Hal Taira. We said the Shlish. Everything was going hunky-dory. Rabbi Chanina came, took a big axe, and smashed our shot to smithereens. He acknowledges this Rav Hanina blew him out of the water. Wow. Elami Nalan. So now we're back to the drawing board after all that, Andrew. I took you down all the way to the bottom of your Gimel Aleph, and you're back to where you started, ground zero. Sorry, dude. Kidatanya, like it says, Rabbi Yonas Rabbi Yosef Omer, the Asas es Hatvua Lishlosh Hashanim. Ah, a different Pasuk entirely. This is the Pasuk in the Chumash, guys, in Sefer Vayikra, where we are encouraging, we're introducing the concept of Shemitah, and we're saying, in Yonah Diyoma, Shemitah, we're very concerned that we're not going to have any food, we're going to starve. He says, no, if you follow this halacha, don't worry, it'll come back to you. You'll have enough produce for three years. Ah, three years. Okay, good, as we turn to your Gilmah base. Don't say for three years. Uh-oh. For a third of the crop. So really, the, what the Pasuk is saying is a concept of what exactly we're saying. That the third of the crop, once it, it reaches up until a third, it's considered Shemitah for the previous year. So the Gemara asks, Rami Baila, the Gufe. Wait, but we have to learn for its own sake, right? The Pasuk, what's the Pasuk shot? That he's encouraging him that you're going to be able to have enough crop for the third year. That better be what it means. Otherwise, we're scared about Shemitah. Says the Gemara, No, no. For that, we had another Pasuk. Don't worry. There was a different Pasuk that says, Uzratim et Shemitah. Right, that you, when you right, are going to 
uh, harvest and, and plow and sow. In the eighth year, you're going to get so much produce after having let the land rest the previous year that it's going to produce double for you and you're going to have so many leftovers from the eighth year, you're going to still be eating that in the ninth year. Like, like Atara says, because I ordered so much matzah last year for Pesach, she says, I'm not ordering matzah this year. We're going to be eating the matzah from last year, next year. Anyway, so, fine. It's in boxes um, in the living room. Okay, so, that is, that is what they're saying, that they have a different puzzle. Mind you, okay, it's, oh, the magical time of 6.13 a.m. Let's keep going. So now we're talking about Masechah Shviyas. The Gemara is going to continue uh, about this Havaz Shlish. Tanan Hasim. This is already a mission in Shviyas. Ha'orez ve'adochen ve'apragin ve'ashrim shemin. Okay, rice, millet, poppy, sesame. This is what we call like kitneos. This is all the stuff we want to eat on, on Pesach. Speaking of Pesach. She'ishrishu lifnei Rosh Hashanah. If they took root before Rosh Hashanah, mis'asrin l'sha'avar. Okay, so here you're talking about Masechah Shviyas. This is already not fenugreek. We're talking about a different breed here. This is legumes. Now, we said that if you have veg- fruit, it's from chanata, right? From when it blossoms. If you have vegetables, it's from lakita, when you take it out of the ground. This is a different thing. This is hishrishu. This is what we said before, taking root. Well, that's, that's not, not similar to anything we've said before. So we say, right? Then you do it according to the previous year, as long as it took root before Rosh Hashanah, and then they are permitted in the seventh, in the Shemitah year. But if they took root after Rosh Hashanah, Asur and Bishviyas, right? So then it's going to be considered Shemitah produce. And then, right, you're going to making the Miser according to the coming year. Okay, so says the Gemara. Amar Rabbah. Amar Rabbanan Ilan Basar Hanata. Right, so he's asking the question we brought up before. That we already have assigned, right, when we're going to be making the cutoffs for the different species. So Elon, which is representative of fruit, right, trees, so that goes based on Chanata, as we've already said, the blossoming, emerging of the fruits. Tvuav is Eisim Basar Shlish. As we already discussed, we said produce and also grapes and wine is going to be, and olives, is going to be Basar, third of, of uh, maturity. And Yarek Basar Lakita. And we're going to say that, that vegetables are going to be based on when you picked it from the ground. So honey, keman, shavina, rabbanam. So what is this? What is this rice mill and poppy? That's neither, right, shlish, chanata, or lakitas. So mehechatesi, right? Where are they coming up with this? So Rabbah himself answers on his own kasha's files. Hada amar Rabbah, bitoch prachin prachin. Ah. See, it's all, pra- <coughs> it's all practical, Andrew. It's like this. Uh, there is an element, I'll say it like this. There is an element of pragmatism in determining when the meiser is taken. What do I mean? What I mean is, if it's going to be a uniform for all of a species, it has to be that you can tell where that whole species is holding. Like, you can look at the field and see what's going on. Ah, so, for a fruit, you see it plainly on the tree, right? So it's on the tree, so it's going to be determined when, you could blo- when it blossomed, and you could always tell when that was. For a vegetable that's in the ground, you can't tell because it's in the ground. So that has to be from when you're taking it out of the ground. See what's going on? In other words, that's, you could say, that's a uniform time that everybody can point out. Oh, what are these legumes? The way the legumes grow, they're growing inside, like, let's say, peas in a pod, right? Just like you and Barry are peas in a pod, two peas in a pod. So they grow peas in a pod. You can't tell their stage of maturity inside the pod. You have to open it up and see what's going on. And it is for that reason 
that we're saying, you know what? That's not going to work. We're not going to be able to say shlish on this. We're not, and it's in the ground. We're not going to be able to say, you know, we're not going to say lakita. We're not going to say shlish. We're not going to say chanata. We can't see any of those things. That's what it means. That since they're crumbled a few at a time, how do you harvest these, right? You harvest them based on when you take them out, you open up literally all the pods individually by hand, and then you see where they're holding. So therefore, Asli Rabbanon Basar Hashrasha, you need a firmly rooted, pun intended, point to ascribe it to. And therefore, the only time you can really say it is when it takes root. That's the only thing that you can kind of, um, mm-hmm. that you can kind of uh, keep uniform. So, so Binyamin's taking a picture of his Gemara, and I don't know what meme is going to come out of it, but I'm looking forward. So, Amalei Abaye, so Abaye says to Rabbah, B'yitzvor Gorno L'socho. So, why not say, based on when they're picked, like any other vegetable, why not base it on when you're taken out of the ground? So, to, so to which, and then what? Oh, so he's bringing a suggestion based on something that worked out in a different context, and he thinks that maybe you, it could work here. In other words, Abaye understands the conundrum, right? You're, you're doing this a few at a time, and you're taking apart the peas in the pod, and you don't really know what you're going to find when you, when, you, when you do it. So he says, you know, we have a shtick, a patent, as they call it in Israel, that we use in a different context. Maybe we can apply it to these peas as follows. Put it in the middle, mix it together well, right? So you're taking an entire, right, contents of, uh, con- uh, contents of a harvest, putting it in the middle of the floor. And then, And then you're going to say, like this, we have a sample size in this giant pile. Some of it is going to be chadash, some of it is going to be yashan. We understand that, because we can't tell what year, right? Of course, for whatever reason, all this harvesting is going on, like on Erev Rosh Hashanah, or on, I should say, on like um, some Gedalia, where you don't know when any of the stuff grew, right? Right, so Tosfos guy, well, the Gemara was saying, right, it was Erev Rosh Hashanah, the guy's busy with this. Right, so here you're on some Gedalia, and it was just Rosh Hashanah, and now you don't know what's when. So he says, just do this. You don't know what's when, good, but you know that like roughly half of it is from, remember, when you're taking off Meiser, you're only taking off a tenth. So you say like roughly half this pile was from last year, roughly half is from this year. So you say, this Meiser that I'm taking off is going to be from the Yashan, and I'm not taking off Yashan to Chadash and Chadash to Yashan, that I know I can't do. But like roughly proportionally, I'll say that this half is for the Yashan and this half is for the Chadash, and that should work. Milotanya, did we not learn that that shtick work in a brisa? Here's the brisa. Let's follow. Rabbi Yosef ben Kefar, Amar Mishum, Rabbi Shimon Shazuri, Pul Hamitzri Shazar Lazera. Let's say you have a crop of Egyptian bean, a Pul Hamitzri, and it was planted for seed. Miktasa Hishri Shlafnei Rosh Hashanah, Miktasa Hishri Shlacha Rosh Hashanah. Right. So as it as the biology works, some of it takes root before, some after, because you did it right on around Rosh Hashanah time. So what do you do? Ain't Torim Meiser Mizalze. We know that you can't be Torim from the Yashan and Chadash and Chadash Yashan. If you say Ain't Torim Meiser, Lomin Chadash Yashan, Velomin Yashan Al Chadash. We know that that's something you can't do. So Kesaduo says, so what's the shtick? Do this. Sover Gornel Soho, make a pile in the middle of the room. Vinimta, right on the threshing floor. Nimsa Torim Meiser, Mina Chadash Shabal, Chadash Shabal, Mina Yashan Shabal, Yashan Shabal. And you just declare that which I'm taking off is, I'm going to take two Meisers here, essentially, right? And that which turns out to be new, right, is going to be for the new crop. That which turns out to be old would be for the old crop. And then you're not missing crops, right? You're not turning from the new to the old, the old, new. Everything works. An incredible response from Rabbah. So this is a bias suggestion to Rabbah. He says, why do we have to do the Savas Shlish and have to figure it out? Just do this shtick and then you don't, and, and you don't have to worry about, about it. And therefore, why do we have to go all the way back to Ashrasha? You could just not worry about it and do this method. 
So that was the method that was what? The Brisa quotes Rav Shimon Shazuri as the father of this method. To which Rabbah answers, Amalei, Rabbi Shimon Shazuri Kamart? I'm talking about a friend. I'm here. I am a franchise player. I'm Rabbah. And you're talking Shimon Shazuri? <laughs> In other words, this is the sheet of Shimon Shazuri that nobody held of. And that's going to be Uriah as follows. It says, Rabbi Shimon Shazuri Savar Yeshbila. Yeah. Rabbi Shimon Shazuri was known because he assumes Bila means blending. That in such a mixture, when you mix together, it's considered evenly distributed. But Rabbanan Savar Yen Bila, but he was rejected by the Rabbanan. They don't allow you to consider this an even pile of some yes, some no, because that's speculation, right? So like, you don't really know what's in this pile. So Shimon Shazuri said, we'll consider it a blend of good, of half good, half, half this year, half last year. The Rabbanan rejected that. Six lines up in the body of Gimel Bays. There is a ruling on this matter. Wow. The Lachas of Shimon Shazuri. So perhaps Rabbah spoke too soon in, belitt- in, in saying that that's not the, the way that we hold. Well, not so fast. Matkifla Rabbi Zeira. Umiyamr Shmuel Hachi, really? Did Shmuel really say that the Lacha is like Shimon Shazuri? Shmuel didn't hold of this concept of Bila, of Shimon Shazuri, right? He held that nothing has Bila. The only thing that you can accept as a mixture is wine and oil. So the Gemara says, Rebzeir forgot what Shmuel said. What Shmuel held is that everything depends on the Gemara Pri. In other words, kidneys are based not on hashrasha, but rather on gemar pre, right? On when they become, right? The when they become fully, uh, fully mature. So, in other words, even though Rishimin Shazuri said regarding the Egyptian bean that we treated like the kidneys, like the rice, the millet, the poppy, and the sesame, right? He Shmuel does not hold uh, of that idea of bilo altogether. So that even though, right? Um, so, so in other words, according to Shmuel, kidneys are not based on when they take root, but rather on Gemar Pri. So he's going to ultimately agree with the idea that you can right, take it from the threshing floor and that it's okay, but for a totally different reason, not having anything to do with Bila. In other words, he certainly rejects this concept of Rav Shimon Shazuri, right? But the fact of the matter is, he still holds, the halacha comes out like Shimon Shazuri, but not because of Shimon Shazuri's idea of Bila, for a totally different reason. As the Gemara explains, on the top of Yudal and Amad Aleph, Andrew's just taking the rest of the day off now, because we got to Yudal and Amad Aleph. He says, If you said the halacha was like Shem Shazuri, we would have thought that's because we all hold of Bila. No. We, we learn nobody holds of this concept of Shem Shazuri. Bila, right? And But if we hold, if we had said that everybody d- agrees that there's no bila, we would have thought that we hold like the Rabbana, but we don't. Kamash Malan, halacha kerev shimon shazuri. And so, Kamash Malan, that, no, that halacha is in fact like shimon shazuri, but not for the reason that he said, not because of bila, but because we hold that we go with regards to these kidneys, basar maturity, and not basar hashrasha. So we got up to pretty much the fourth line on Yadal and Everybody have a good Shabbos.